been a bad boy in my lifetime. But now I'm trying to be righteous in the Lord's eyes. Hello everyone and welcome to episode 11 of After God's Own Heart podcast. It's your boy Iray Trills, Iray T, and I hope everyone's having a good week. And me personally, it's snowing outside and I hate the snow, so that's how my week's going. You know, um, but jokes aside, hope you're having a good week. Uh, if you haven't already, uh, tune into episode 10 where we... We started a series around why is it some goals that we set are never met and why is it some people never realise their dreams. So in episode 10, the first reason I gave for that was that sometimes people tend to get bogged down in the details and they lose sight of the bigger, ch- of the bigger picture or the overriding objective. An example I gave for that was Joseph in the Bible where twice he literally had two dreams as to what his life was supposed to be and because he got so excited and so lost in you know the the prospect of ruling his his father his mother and ruling his siblings his destiny almost got cut short you know when he got sold into slavery and left for dead ultimately and obviously god in his mercy delivered delivered him out of that but a lot of the time um, people whose dreams fail um, sometimes they're not so fortunate that God delivers them out of it sometimes their dreams literally fail and that's it so that was one example that was one reason that I looked at as to why some dreams never get um, realised if that's a natural word okay cool so in today's episode um, we're going to look at an, um, another reason why some dreams never get met um, for those who haven't listened already uh, the whole point of, of, of the whole point of After God's Own Heart podcast is we look at different Bible stories, different Bible characters, different Bible interactions, and we try to learn from it and try to look at how we can apply those lessons into our modern day world. Okay, cool. So in today's episode, we're going to look at another reason as to why people never, you know, meet their goals and targets and their dreams. So today's reason I'm gonna describe it as, um, so I'm gonna describe it as when people I'm gonna I'm gonna say another reason people often miss their dream, miss the goal that God has set for them, is because they forget how God has delivered them in the past, and um, and a result of forgetting how God has delivered you in the past, then leads to you having an ego and an overconfidence which ultimately results in you not asking God for help in your future tasks and your future goals. And then that ends up getting in the way of you achieving your goals and reaching the promised land. Yeah? Imagine not being able to, t- imagine not being able to taste milk and honey, fam. Alright, cool. So, I'll go into a story, as I normally do. I'll go to a character in the Bible. But just to reiterate, this is an example, just to, re- just to reiterate, this um, this particular reason why goals aren't met 
often happens when God has delivered us multiple times in the past and as Christians as we normally are we then forget and we then sometimes disillusion ourselves into thinking that or in our own strength that we got those goals and as a result of that false sense of um, ego we then try to take on new challenges about God and end up not reaching those targets because God was the one that helped us reach those targets in the past in the first place now the best example of this is King Asa I hope I'm pronouncing I hope I'm pronouncing the name correctly I hope it's not Asa I heard that I butchered the word Ayamashe in the last session so I don't really want to butcher this guy's name so King Asa in the Bible and we're going to look at 2 Chronicles chapters 14, 15 and 16. So they're quite short so we should be done around the 20 minute mark. Okay cool so let's go into 2 Chronicles chapter 14 uh, verse 1 and it says so so um, chapter 14 verse 1 says so Abijah slept with his fathers and they buried him in the city of David and Asa his son became king in his palace the land was at peace for 10 years during his days uh, so King Asa becomes king of Judah um, after his father dies and it says for 10 years the, uh, the land of Judah was at peace so for, the, so for context before this you know Judah and Israel they're having they're, you know they're, they're having a um, uh, civil war they're battling and it's all a madness um, after Solomon. And I, the reason what that happened was obviously because of what David did. And then God said, as a result of that, your children are going to, you know, kill each other, essentially. Um, so, yeah, so King Asa becomes king. And it says in verse 2, Asa did what was good and right in the sight of the Lord his God. He removed the foreign altars and high places and tore down the pagan pillars and cut to pieces the pagan symbols and he commanded Judah so the people of Judah to seek the Lord God and to observe the law given to, Mo to, given to Moses and the commandments in verse 5 it says Asa also removed the, adul the, the adulterous high places it says Asa also removed the adulterous high places and the incense altars from all the cities of Judah. He says the kingdom was at rest and undisturbed under his reign. Yeah. Verse 6 goes, He built fortified cities in Judah since the land was at rest and there was no one at war with him in those years because the Lord had given him rest. So he said to Judah, Let us build these cities and surround them with walls, towers, gates and bars to secure the doors. The land is still ours because we have sought the Lord our God. We have sought him, longing for him with all our heart and he has given us peace on every side. So they built and prospered. Yeah. And then in verse 8 it says, Now Asa had an army of 300,000 men from Judah who carried large shields and spears and 280,000 from Benjamin who carried shields and drew bows all courageous all courageous men so uh so just to summarize this this verses one to eight uh we get a little breakdown of asia or king um, king asa and it says here that um he was a guy he did what was good and right in the sight of god so he's a righteous man he's a man after god's own heart <laughs> you get me yeah so he's a man after god's own heart and 
as a king, he tears down all the pagan pillars. So some of his kings before him, as I told you, the Israelites and the people from Judah were doing a madness. They started worshipping false gods and, you know, pagans um, like, and, and, like, you know, idols. So this king Asa comes and destroys all those idols that his predecessors, like his father and the father of power before him, were um, worshipping, yeah? And then, then it says that in his reign, there was no war and he was undisturbed because God had given him peace. So before him, Judah was a war zone and Israel and that were, you know, as I've mentioned before, there's a madness, you know, it's like pop block, you're getting, you're getting caught slipping every day. Think about Blue Story, you know what I'm saying? Yeah? And it says that he has 580,000 men. So let's call it 600,000 men, right? Okay, cool. Okay, as in verse 9 says, now, Zira, the Ethiopian, came out against Judah with, a, with an army of a million men and 300,000 chariots. Yeah? And then it says that Asa went out against him and drew up a battle formation. And in verse 11 it says, Asa called out to the Lord his God, saying, O Lord, there is no one besides you to help in a battle between the powerful and the weak. To help us, O Lord our God, for we trust and rely on you, and in your name, we have come against this multitude. O oh Lord, you are our God. Let not man prevail against you. And again, and then obviously, verse 12, as we see what happens, the Lord strikes the Ethiopians before Asa and Judah, and the Ethiopians run away. And ultimately, what happens then is that King Asa wins the battle, and the Ethiopians, despite having almost a million men, almost a million more men than King Asa had, they lose because Asa trusted in the God and surrendered himself to the Lord and the Lord delivered him. Okay? Alright, so that's chapter 14. Now I want you to look at the differences, okay? If you look at um, chapter 15, I won't go into it. Um, Asa is warned by a prophet saying, continue to find the Lord um, and the Lord's giving you rest. And he says, if you seek him, um, you know, the Lord will let you find you. But if you abandon him, he will turn away from you. Alright? And, you know, he says that, you know, the Lord has, um, the Lord has obviously rewarded Asa, Asa, the Lord has obviously rewarded Asa for making everyone in Israel or everyone in Judah recognize and remember who the true God is. Okay? And then it says that in verse 19 of chapter 15, it says, and there was no war until the 35th year of Asa's reign. Yeah? So, he, he remember, so he has peace for 10 years. In 10 years, if the Apeons come, and, you know, you know, God marks them, basically. Right? And then, 20, and then for 25 years after that, there's no war whatsoever. So he basically had one battle in 35 years. Right? He's had one battle in 35 years. Okay? Whereas before that, Israelites and, you know, everyone in Judah was, you know, they were getting murked left, right, center every day. Whereas he hasn't had war in 35 years. Okay, cool. And then we go to chapter um, 16, okay? Okay, and it says, in the 36th year, so this is verse 1, it says, in the 36th year of Asa's reign, Basha, king of Israel, came up against Judah and fortified Ramah, in order to prevent anyone from going out to meet with King Asa of Judah. Then Asa brought out silver and gold 
from the treasuries of the house of the Lord and from the king's house, and sent them to Ben-Hadad, king of Aram, which is modern-day Assyria, who lived in Damascus, saying, Let there be a treaty between you and me, as there was between my father and your father. Look, I am sending you silver and gold. Go break a treaty with Basha, king of Israel, so that he will, he will withdraw from me. Ben-Hadad listened to King Asa and set the commanders of his armies against the cities of Israel. And they conquered Ijeon, Dan, and all the storage cities of Natalie. When Basha heard about it, he ceased to fortify Ramah and stopped his work. Then King Asa brought all Judah and had carried away the stones of Ramah and its timber with which Basha had been building. And with them, he fortified Geba and Mizpah. So what's going on here in the first six verses of uh, chapter 16 is in the 36th year of Asa's reign, remember he's, he's basically lived 35 years without no war because God delivered him and brought him, brought him rest and peace and conquered, conquered his enemies. In the 36th year, he now sees um, the king of Israel. So remember, Israel and Judah having civil war. And instead of this guy, instead of this guy doing the same thing he did with the Ethiopians where he prays to the Lord, begs for mercy, instead, this brother gets silver and gold from the treasuries of the house of the Lord and from the king's house and then tries to bribe the Syria and then tries to make a treaty with the king of Syria to team up with them so that they can kill or defeat the king of Israel. Right? So he doesn't come to the Lord at all here. He doesn't search for the Lord. He doesn't ask the Lord for um, wisdom. He doesn't beg to the Lord for mercy. Instead, he uses the riches that he got from the Lord. Remember, he, remember he's only king for this long because God made him king. He uses the riches he, he got from his Lord, i.e. silver and the gold, right? And uses that to instead make peace. Right, whereas, whereas two chapters before that, against the Ethiopians, when he just became king, he prayed to God for help and God delivered him. Okay? Okay, let's keep going. And then, in verse 7, it says, At a time, Hanani, the seer, came to Asa, king of Judah, and said to him, Because you relied on the king of Syria and did not rely on the Lord your God, the army of the king of Syria has escaped out of your hand. Were not the Ethiopians and Lubim a huge army with a great number of chariots and horsemen? Yet, because you relied on the Lord, he placed them in your hand. For the eyes of the Lord move to and fro throughout the earth, so that he may support those whose heart is completely his. You have acted foolish in this. Therefore, from now on you will have wars. Then Asa was angry with the seer and put him in prison, for he was enraged with him because of this. And at the same time, Asa oppressed some of the people. Okay? And then in verse 11 it says, Now the acts of Asa, from the first to the last, are written in the book of kings of Judah and Israel. In the 39th year of his reign, Asa developed a disease in his feet. His disease was so severe, yet in his illness, he did not seek the Lord, but he relied only on the physicians, this guy, man. And then he ended up dying in the 41st year of his reign. Okay? So, 
So, as you can see here, right, he didn't go to the Lord for help when it came to defeating the, the king of Israel. Instead, what he did was he tried to bargain in his own wisdom and his own strength, tried to bargain with the king of Syria and make a treaty with them so that, them, so that those two could team up together and then defeat Israel. Okay? Right? And he, the, the, the prophet tells him that you've done a mistake. Right? And instead of this guy repenting, he puts her in prison. Right? He puts the prophet in prison. And eventually we see that he dies. Right? Now, what's interesting here is, it's interesting because it says that the actual plan of God was for Asa to also defeat the Syrians. Right? It said here that, it says here, right, that um, because you didn't follow the Lord, the, eight, the, the Syrians have escaped out of his hand. So what God wanted to do was, God wanted to actually deliver the Syrians and the Israelites into Asa's hand. But because he forgot where he came from, because he forgot how God had brought him to that, you know, 35 years of peace, because he had forgot the riches and the glory God had given him, right, he then took it upon himself and tried to use his own wisdom to reach the next goal, right? And in this case, he failed because in the end, in, in the end, um, he doesn't get to conquer Syria and he doesn't get to conquer Israel. Okay, and now bringing it back to us, and again, this guy was this guy wasn't an evil guy, you know. In verse two, it says, "Asa did what was good and right in the sight of God." Yeah, so this guy wasn't an e an evil guy. Like a lot of us Christians aren't evil. I mean, okay, uh, yeah, a lot of us Christians aren't evil, right? Uh, but we still make mistakes. Again, making mistakes doesn't make it evil. Okay, right? Like even even in verse, even even in chapter fifteen, it says here, right? It says here that Asa's heart was blameless in all his days. Yeah. So this is a guy who's on fire for God. He's a man after God's own heart. Yeah. You know, imagine he probably would have done that podcast called this back in the day, maybe. Right. But yeah, he's a man after God's own heart, and he's made a mistake. The mistake is. He has forgot to recognize how God has delivered him in the past. And as a result of that, he makes a mistake. Now, making a mistake is one thing. We're Christians. We're always going to make mistakes, right? But when he is corrected to the truth, so God speaks of him. Fire the prophet. Remember before I looked at how God speaks. So God speaks of him via the prophet. And instead of humbling himself, what does he do? He puts the prophet in prison. And as a result of that, he developed a disease. Even when he had the illness, he relied on the doctors, but did not rely on God. and did not seek God. So at, so bringing us back to the modern day, maybe we're not reaching our goals because we've forgotten where God has given us, where God has brought us to today. Maybe you're trying to go for that vice, for that vice president role, and but you've forgotten how God made you an associate in the first place. And so, you know, a, a common example of this is, let's say God has helped you with your interview preparation, right? Um, and you get the job, right? What a lot of people do is, 
when they apply for the next role, right, a few years later, forgetting that God's giving them a testimony, they might call someone to help them do the numerical test for them instead. Right, where's the testimony in that though? And what could happen eventually is you let someone else do your numerical, right, and then they fail, they fail and then you don't get the job. Whereas if you had done a numerical test yourself, God could have given you favour and you could have actually passed that numerical and gone on to future st- and then gone on and gone on to the later stages of the application. Um, but because you stopped trusting God and started to trust your own flesh, you resulted into getting someone to do your numerical test, for example, and then they fail. The best example of that for me is it happened to me. <laughs> I won't lie, I'll be straight up. Um in twenty fourteen so in 2014, so I, uh, for context, I did maths at uni, right? So uh, most people used to come to me to do the numericals for them, right? For uh, applications, banking, uh, site management, all of that stuff, yeah? And one guy who, I, I actually lived with him, one guy, he, um, he he was applying for an insurance company, I believe, and he asked me to do the numerical for him. And I did a numerical for him, and he passed, right? Now, that, that same company... I then did the miracle for myself after, and I didn't get the job. Can you imagine? Maybe God wasn't happy with me helping him do that in a miracle. Even though it's a gift and a favour, we're the testimony in that we're basically cheating the system, right? I mean, that's how I view it. I know some people disagree with that, but that's how, that's how I view it. Um, okay, cool. So let's discuss some takeaways, right? If you're not reaching your goals, or if you don't want to f- prevent yourself from reaching your goals, maybe take some time out to assess how you got to where you are right now and try to realise how God has gotten you there and maybe just spend the time giving thanks, spend the next week giving thanks. Um, yeah? You know, where are you right now? You know, and I, I realise that sometimes when I'm feeling depressed and down, um, when I start giving God thanks and when I start to realise how much God has done for me, it makes me a lot more appreciative. And then secondly, the goals you're planning for this year, are there any parts of them which haven't submitted to God yet? I mean, do you want to get disease on your feet, fam? All jokes aside. But yeah, like, you know, are there any parts of your goals which haven't submitted to God yet? Okay? You know, it's really important to make sure that we do not let our ego and false sense of confidence make us believe that we are more than we are. Yeah? That we, that we are more than what we are. Like King Asa, for example. Okay? So yeah, that's another reason why a lot of goals aren't, um, aren't met and never achieved. Uh, let me know your thoughts. Thanks for tuning in. Right? Again, let's not forget how God has taken us to where we are now. Uh, and let's not lose confidence in him. Okay? So, uh, if you disagree, agree, let me know, please. Please, please, use the hashtag. It's hashtag after God's own pod. Yeah? The name of the podcast is After God's Own Heart Podcast. Um, follow me on Twitter at Irayliwa, which is I-R-A-Y-L-I-W-A. Follow me on Instagram at ire.ae, which is ire.ae. Follow the podcast at After God's Own Pod on Spotify, SoundCloud, iTunes, Twitter and Instagram. And thanks again for tuning in. I'm going to do a club session this week, so I'll let you guys know the details. Um, please subscribe, leave a review and share with friends. Thank you very much. Thank you very much for tuning in and um, have a good week. 